The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. Greetings, scribes. I have got some exciting news to share. The Writer Files now has an exclusive Patreon community where subscribers will get exclusive access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and content from productivity and publishing experts each month. In the meantime, just head over to patreon.com slash the writer files. It's free to join Patreon to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash the writer files. Help us start something special. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Last time we came out like three weeks after Becoming by Michelle Obama. And so we could never get, we, we did well. We never got the top spot on these charts. We were always number two at the, at the top. That was our, our peak. And then we were, we were strategizing for this and we're like, oh, maybe this time. But yeah, so we were hoping that we, maybe, you know, Michelle Obama's book isn't out, that we would have a chance at the top spot. And then we found out like, <laughs> like I think I forget when we found out, we found out like two months ago or something like that, that Michelle has another book out and he's coming out three weeks ahead of us, the same exact schedule. Um, and so, you know, we, we didn't, we didn't know how that would affect us, but you know what? We, uh, we topped her this time. And welcome back to the writer files. I am your host, Kelton Reed, wishing you pages, patience, and perseverance per usual. Award-winning indie journalist and author Adam Skolnick returned to discuss the virus of dissatisfaction, writing for modern day samurai David Goggins and their latest journey to bestseller, with Never Finished, the sequel to a best-selling memoir. Never Finished, Unshackle Your Mind and Win the War Within is the follow-up to Can't Hurt Me, David Goggins' smash hit memoir. It's been described as a tour of David's mental lab, where he developed the philosophy, psychology, and strategies that enabled him to learn that what he thought was his limit was only his beginning, and that the quest for greatness is unending. Adams, an award-winning independent journalist and author covering adventure sports, environmental issues, and civil rights for outlets such as the New York Times, Outside, ESPN, BBC, and Men's Health, among others. Adams, also the co-author of One Breath, has narrated David Goggins' best-selling audiobooks and co-hosts the Rich Roll podcast on the Roll On edition. In part three of this file, Adam and I discussed how the sequel to a memoir hit number one on Amazon and Audible its first week. Battling Michelle Obama once again, the pressure of publishing a follow-up to a longtime bestseller, Goggins' grad school and the pursuit of greatness, why ghostwriters need to stay out of the way, be a servant to the story, and a lot more. This is the last episode of the year, but we'll be back soon with more inspiration from your favorite authors. Happy holidays. Stay calm and write on. And don't forget, you can always support this show by heading to writerfiles.fm, where you can also sign up for email updates, get links to merch, and other resources for writers. And if you're a fan of The Writer Files, please click follow to automatically see new interviews in your podcatcher as soon as they're published, and drop us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you tune in to help other writers find us. 
You're on. You're on the writer files. Hey, here I am. If I have to mute and cough, please forgive me. Okay. I've had a really a pretty mellow morning with this uh, non-virus virus that I have. <laughs> Until we started talking. <laughs> All right. Well, I can't wait to pick your brain uh, once again. And this is the third part of our How to Ghostwrite a Bestseller series. Did you know that? No. Is that what this is? I thought we were just catching up. <laughs> you didn't know I was recording a podcast? Wait, this is a podcast? <clears throat> Welcome to podcast. Oh, now, how, to how awkward. Files. How awkward for us. <laughs> how awkward for the listeners right now. <laughs> You've stumbled into a very awkward situation. Yes, yes, yes. I've always had that talent. What's going on over there? You're in Los Angeles, California. I am. I'm in my uh I'm in my dark hole um of the office. Uh, nothing, you know, we're just, we're, to be honest, Kelton, I don't think this is like, does anyone care? But like, you know, it's cold and flu season and we got a, <laughs> we got a wave came through and, and wreaked havoc on the house. So kind of getting tossed, tossed in the seas, but it's not COVID. I've tested three times. Although one of the tests, the doctor's office wouldn't let me in the building. So that, that worried me when you can't go see your doctor <laughs> when you're sick. Something has happened now, like sick people aren't allowed to go to the doctor because you might get other people sick. So does the doctor only see well people now? I, I can't figure it out. Yeah, it's weird because um, you can get a video conference with the doctor, but how how are they going to actually diagnose you that way? I want my lymph nodes palpated. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's a, I've got the sore throat. I'd like someone to palpate me. <laughs> I don't know. It's sure to lead to a raft of worse illnesses right it's like it's like you can't go in like i went in to check in they're like you have to go out of the building i'm like okay the nurse will come through this back door over here wait outside i'm like outside in the hall no out of the whole building oh okay <laughs> so i waited out in the cold for the nurse to like <laughs> getting sick. the nurse wouldn't even swab my nose for me i had to do my own self swab i'm like isn't this what i just did at home twice yeah but let's not listen you know it's it's a tough it's tough on everybody this stuff we're figuring it out as we go. Okay. We're not disparaging the uh, healthcare industry. We're really not. No, definitely not. No, definitely not. They're frontline workers. Heroes. I'm a backline. I'm a backline worker. That's what I am. I'm a back. I'm in the back. <laughs> the back, back of the worker. line. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not necessarily. I'm, I'm not. I'm like the backline guy. Like you can count on me, but first you have to go through a few layers to get to me. I'll be there in times of need. Just leave a message and try um, some other people first. <laughs> but if you really desperately need me, I'll be there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. once I get around to checking my <laughs> voicemail, which I check once a week. Yeah. If you can now. find me. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only people that call me now are, uh, are like contractor salespeople or like, you know what I mean? Like the, the you're right. on these lists, you know, like we we're we're the, a national contracting company, we'd like to come and give you a free estimate. Oh, that would be great. I mean, if I need contracting done, wouldn't I have called for an estimate from somebody? <laughs> it's like those people in Europe that are like selling microwave ovens on the street. It's like, if I want a microwave oven, I'm not just going to happen upon like a plaza in Vienna. <laughs> I'm probably just going to go on Amazon <laughs> yes, or right. go to Bed Bath & Beyond. See, these are, the, these are the people that the internet has put out of business. I feel bad. People in Vienna? Yeah, the, the street hawkers of Vienna. The, the street... barkers of Vienna. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's it's a terrible thing. 
I blame Jeff Bezos. Vienna, by the way, for anyone's listening, low rents, gorgeous city, not the best weather, but spectacular city and very low rent and uh, good. Like they like, I think that even dads get like six months to a year of paternity leave. <laughs> I like that. So writers, artists, you're listening, Vienna. Writers should consider Vienna. <laughs> That's a destination. Yes, I'm just saying it's it's a very it's affordable. I can't do it because I need to be near an ocean, but it's it's awesome place. Okay, um, why are we here? Yeah, so this is the um, third installment of how to ghostwrite a bestseller with Adam Skolnick, uh, our itinerant bad penny. Yes, is that, is that a thing? What's what's the what is this my sixth appearance or something like that? It's got to be at least six. You're like you're you're you were literally interviewing A-list writers, and yet you still let me come on. I'm, I feel very <laughs> very touched. I want to talk about what you've been up to, and uh, yeah. you've been keeping pretty busy. I know that the uh, tridemic has slowed you down a little bit, but um, yeah, what are you what are you working? I mean, I mean, obviously we're going to get to the elephant in the room, which is. Uh, this latest David Goggins installment titled Never Finished, Unshackle Your Mind and Win the War Within. Uh, congratulations, because I understand the book has uh, topped some charts already. Yeah, yeah. Number one on Amazon after the first week. So number one, most sold. Last time we came out like three weeks after Becoming by Michelle Obama. And so we could never get, we, we did well. We never got the top spot on these charts. We were always number two at the at the top. That was our with our peak. And then we we were strategizing for this, and we're like, oh, maybe this time. But yeah, so we were hoping that we, maybe you know Michelle Obama's book isn't out that we would have a chance at the top spot. And then we found out like <laughs> like I think I forget when we found out. We found out like two months ago or something like that that Michelle has another book out and it's coming out three weeks ahead of us, the same exact schedule. Um, and so you know we we didn't we didn't know how that would affect us, but you know what. We, uh, we topped her this time. Congratulations, that's pretty exciting. Thank you. And just a quick aside to revisit the exclusive Writer Files Patreon community where subscribers get access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and a lot more. I know that for serious writers, it can be more distracting than ever to cut through the noise, stay productive, and home in on what's happening in the publishing industry. Over eight years, we've provided a looking glass into the habits of professional writers and publishing industry insiders. And as your humble host, I've decided to launch a membership-based Patreon for serious scribes to cut through the noise, swap tips and tricks, and hang out with like-minded peers. Just head over to patreon.com slash thewriterfiles for bonus writing resources, monthly episode breakdowns, writer's happy hour, a community of your peers, ad-free episodes, and more. It's free to join to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime that's patreon.com slash the writer files help us start something cool and special keep calm and write on yeah it's pretty cool that's very cool and a well-deserved win uh, for the team obviously you worked very hard and for many many months or years even yeah. Um, on this second memoir, and uh, it's quite a feat. Um, 
Thank you. You know, we, we have talked about the entire process, really. Um, we got permission from uh, David um, after the first book came out. It was kind of a, an exclusive for us because it was really um, kind of a transparent look at the process of ghostwriting. So we got to talk right. about it at length. Sometimes um, ghostwriters are prohibited from being able to, to disclose stuff like this, but David isn't feeling like that. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, so a great boon for writers. I think we got to revisit the first, the first two episodes of how to ghostwrite a bestseller. Um, and, and just a recap, here's what we talked about, you know, basically how you got tapped to ghostwrite for, uh, the fantastic, uh, author and Durs athlete, David Goggins. Um, and you know how, he t had turned down a major book deal and decided to self-publish, which, which uh, initially seemed kind of crazy. But um, of course, yeah. the Joe Rogan effect for authors had kind of played a piece in that. And then, right. uh, you know, how, how you got kind of pulled into the whole deal and, and then wrote the book and that unique process between the research and drafting process um, that went into the book. And then uh, obviously the timing played a big role. That really amazing audio podcast hybrid media that that um you did for the first book um that topped the charts for audible right it never topped the charts it was always number two to michelle because which made sense because it was michelle obama's like the, the first book was her memoir which is her her great life story so um this book is different than that so th that first book was kind of its own lightning bolt and so we were kind of chasing that and so, no, we never did make it to the top. So this time, though, when the audiobook came out, which is patterned in the exact same way, but I think even better in terms of bringing extra content, um, I narrate it. And then in, in, in between the chapters, uh, I interview David. And then at one point, David takes on the mic and interviews another person. Uh, he actually interviews his mother, which, if you know David's story, is pretty significant and it's pretty it's pretty moving. Um, and And so... It kind of we just we just even made it even better kind of the, the interstitial content is there so it's a couple of hours of extra content that you get on the audio and this time we did debut number one on audible so this is the first time we were able to to get there on both sides amazing yeah um a double a double uh whammy there for the team and then um yeah you would just kind of you know you were talking about how this is the golden age for ghostwriting opportunities that's true yeah. um for for authors that are interested in that obviously um it's a very interesting path um and a noble one i believe um but yeah uh i think i think our final takeaway uh on the last episode was just why there's really no finish line for writers and i always go back to uh that hemingway quote um you know how we're all apprentices in a craft uh, mm. where no one ever really becomes a master. And I think that kind of dovetails nicely into um, David's uh, kind of overall message and, and ultimately the, the latest. Um, yeah, but I don't know. Do you want to talk a little bit about how you're feeling um, at this moment now that kind of, uh, I don't know, is the pressure off now that this, this second book has... Uh, performed outperformed the first book in a sense yeah i mean we'll see how it does long term but it's, it's starting to it starts off with with more sales which you'd expect because the first book did really, really well so and then you expect the second book to have that initial burst we'll see how it, how it lasts but we are really pleased with it i mean the, i think the pressure that we felt that the pressure is there when you're trying to 
write basically essentially what is a sequel to a hit, right? And that's not something I'd had any experience in. It's not something David had any experience in. Basically, it was new territory. And David wanted it to be better than Can't Hurt Me. That's always what he said from the very beginning two years ago when we sat down and we started to do this, you know, started to begin this process, which was, I'm ready to start thinking about a second book. I'm ready to bring you back in. Let's figure out what that would be. He had already done a lot of brainstorming. He had a lot of uh, pages. He does more handwritten pages. And he had already a lot of pages and was ready to start kind of working it out. And so we beat it out and figured out what what would a book look like. And it took, you know, a handful of interviews to kind of, I say interviews, but meetings just to sit down and, and hash it out. And you were privy to some of that because you were helping us with audio. At one point, we thought maybe we would do even something uh, like kind of quilt these sessions that we have and put those in the audio book. But that turned out to be, you know, that wasn't going to work because we didn't exactly know what we wanted to say yet. And yeah. so, um, and but you remember that you were helping us do that. Yeah, that was an honor. Yeah. And then, uh, and so that was the process. That was the beginning. And this time it was a little different. Last time it was his life story. So it was his first 45, you know, 44 years of life, 43 years of life at 43, I think. Yeah. And, you know, he had told a lot of those stories on podcasts. I'd heard them even before I started to work with him. And so it was kind of set out what the book would be because he had these touchstones through his life that were great stories. This time it was different. You know, we didn't have the same, it wasn't laid out so clearly to us. Yeah, there was stuff he was doing over the last four years, and that's all in the book. You know, new athletic uh, uh, um, achievements, injuries he had to overcome, but he also kind of unpacks his philosophy in a deeper way. So the way he puts it is the first book, Can't Hurt Me, is like Goggins 101. The second book is Goggins Graduate School. And in you know, to to for writers out there, David Sedaris is so great at unpacking his life story. David has that same, I know it sounds like a crazy comparison, but David is just as good at getting into his, his life and telling it in a way that is poignant today. And so he unpacks episodes from his kind of brutal upbringing and, and other episodes of his life. He unpacks uh, stuff that he remembers from his military training. So all kind of the same stuff that's in Can't Hurt Me, a lot of the same things that people loved about it are here and never finished, but it, it's just in a more mature, more refined, but also still pretty raw way. Um, it's refined just in terms of intellectually, it's, it's, it's less of an intro and more of a, a philosophical book. And so, you know, the way I look at it is it's almost like, I, I think of it Sedaris, and I also think of kind of like, like those, you know, it's, it's almost like it's the, it's a memoir from the last American samurai. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, in this book, he runs 200 plus mile races three times on on a partially torn acl um he uh he runs across the state of florida he um he aspires to get back into special forces type work he be, you know becomes a paramedic he all these kinds of things that that like he doesn't have to do he keeps going and it starts with basically he's kind of losing it he he has a health scare and he realizes he's going a little soft which to him is like the worst and and he has to get it back and so he needs to try to reconnect with that kind of inner beast. And that's what the whole books, that's where it really starts to take off. So it really is a philosophical kind of meditation on, on, on how to get to your truest self, how to leave a, lead a life of adventure, service, 
um, and that the job itself of evolution, the job as as a human being, is never over, never finished. So that's the that's really the 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 book in a nutshell. And yeah, it was a it's a pleasure to write. Yeah, you know, I kind of had asked you this in our last series about you know how it had affected you personally, like had it had it given you a different mindset yourself you know how did how it changed your mindset and and you were talking about coming to things a little bit more open-minded yes and and that approach helped with this because you know that was that was my takeaway from the first collaboration and this time i did maintain that like uh, all the way throughout i was i was open I, i didn't i didn't have any boundaries on the process and the process was different because the first book, he'd already done all the things that we had put in 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 Can't Hurt Me. The second book, he was in a process of doing all these things. So it was changing. It was, it was fluid. It got to the point where we thought we were almost done with six weeks to go, just had one more chapter to write, and it was based on what he was doing at the time. And then actually someone who was in the book in kind of a heavy way decided not to be in it anymore. It was just a personal decision, didn't want the notoriety, whatever it was. I don't know. It's his own decision. So we we honored that and we pulled him out and we didn't even think a second, but that required us to rewrite about four chapters while he's doing this intense thing that I don't want to spoil. But uh, while he's doing this intense thing, I'm writing all day, we're talking all night and you know he's getting about five hours of sleep doing basically working this double, these two jobs at the same time. And it was like, you know, 11 hour days, seven days a week for almost six weeks. And we rewrote the whole book and, and people won't know that. And the only reason I'm even sharing that here, I would never share it on a general podcast, but I think for writers, it's interesting because what comes out of it is a, such a better, stronger book. You know, it's such a stronger book and the resistance is there. You don't want to have to do that work. You all know what that's, what that has to be like. I mean, you know, that's Mm -hmm. heavy to go back in. The book list. that is working. It was. It wasn't like the other version wasn't working. It was working, and there was a lot of great stuff in it. This is so much better. It's, it's it's like five times better, and it's without without that last change and the willingness to do it, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have achieved his goal, which is to write a better book. It just wouldn't have happened. That's really interesting. And not not something you hear writers talk about very often, having to go back and radically change a book, but then having it turn out better. But, you know, I mean, I guess that makes sense from a from an editorial process. If you are, you know, just a lone author, say, and you run into, I don't know, what I guess, I guess maybe if you're writing a deeply researched piece of nonfiction, and then a piece of your research kind of you know gets fact checked by legal and turns out to be. <laughs> Right, you know, like right. no, one, of the, one of the one of the you know keystones of your argument happens to uh, just kind of fall out of your. But you're right; that would seldom make a better book, right? I mean, right. I had it where, with one breath, um, Natalia Molchanova died when we were through copy edit, or almost. Yeah, we had gotten through copy edit, and she died. Like so, once you get through copy edit, as as writers know, that's that's way past the time to change anything. But I had to do it, so we figured out a way to do it, and in a way that didn't add any. You know, that didn't mess with layout really. It's hard to do, but we did it in a minimal way because um, you had to do it. But that didn't impact make it a better book or not. I'd say yeah. two things to it in in this regard. One is 
in this case, maybe it's a special case because even though we started working two years ago, I would say it took a full year to get to the point where I was writing in his voice as effectively as I did in Can't Hurt Me. So for whatever reason, it took me about a full year to track and fully think like him. And if you can't think like your uh, collaborator as a ghostwriter, it's harder to write like them. You can echo it. You can get to some facsimile, but it won't feel authentic to them. And if it doesn't feel authentic to them, it's going to feel like a flawed piece of work to them. And if the if the collaborator, the author, because I'm not the author, right? I'm the ghostwriter. So for my job, I, I like to think, think this time, my real job was to stay out of the way. You know, that was what I told myself. Stay out of the way. You know, don't make this about in any way about you. Don't try to to put your point of view. You know, it's not that it's not that I'm not my my effort wasn't there. It's that I wanted to try to be as pure a channel as possible for David. And so um, maybe that's part of the reason I was kind of being a little more passive, potentially. I don't know what it was, but like somewhere around this time last year, I started to track. He noticed it. It wasn't even something I noticed that much, but he started to feel it. And so then it started to click for him. And so what ha that ended up happening was once he saw chapters coming back to him like that, because what we would do is we'd brainstorm, I'd write a chapter, I'd send it back to him. He would add to it, whether it be margin notes, text to me, whatever, in many different ways, he would write stuff and put it in the margins and then we would talk through it. Whatever it was, the, the versions he was getting back from me were, were tracking with exactly where he wanted it to be. And so um, once that happened, like chapter four or five, I think it was chapter five. Once chapter five came back to him and he saw that level, he's like, we have to go back and rewrite chapter one, two, three, four. So in, in, in some ways, we didn't even start writing the book until this time last year. And then we had that whole thing happen in, in the early spring and had to then do this emergency kind of rewrite. But because we the first year was kind of trying to get there and then the last you know six months was actually doing it it kind of was good in a way does that make mm -hmm. sense like yeah, it was totally. like we, i was primed for it so it was like the timing of that really worked out well and so that so that's it but you know when you're when you're i don't think it's that different as a ghostwriter versus if you're writing your own novel or if you're writing a piece of nonfiction or whatever it is a lot of writers you know we want to be a writer because we want to say what we have to say. We want to express ourselves. And there's a certain amount of ego in that. But ultimately, to be really good at this, you you are a servant to the story. And so a ghostwriter is just another version of being a servant to the story. It's really a service job, but a you know, servant to the story. Hmm. Yeah. Staying out of the way. Yeah. And being a servant to the story. I mean, <clears throat> that makes a lot of sense. And I think with your background in journalism, you know, it, it, it would track that you would be able to do that with so much experience, but then also to be able to, um, inhabit his, his voice, I, I guess it makes sense that it would really take some time and some effort and then seeing, you know, a certain amount of adversity, but being able to stay the course kind of engenders this uh philosophy that you're continually exploring i think with david right yeah yeah for sure and then, yeah. and then to be a witness to what he ended up doing yeah i mean i i would say this time i came out of it even more you know like i always i always come out of working with david as a better writer and a better human being i really believe that and um i know it sounds like 
why would you believe me? I was his ghostwriter. So of course I'm going <laughs> to say that, but, but it is true. Um, I feel like, you know, he's, he's, he is a special human being here to, to show us, um, how much more we can all do and be and, and evolve into. And it's not to say that you have to change and you have to become, he's not even saying you have to, uh, be a, get into athletics or become a great endurance athlete. That's not even what it's about at all. It's really, it's about peeling back the layers, figuring out who you are. And if you're going to be the maximum version of yourself, if you're going to, and that doesn't mean get the most stuff at all. That's not David at all. It, it means being willing to be the beginner. It means picking up new skills. Hmm. It means never stop becoming basically. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that goes back to some of what we had touched on, I think, also that, you know, well, I had asked, you know, is he like a modern day stoic right. um, or a Which samurai? Is, sure. Yeah, yeah. Sam, I, I call it samurai because I know, yeah. you know, the Eastern wisdom is there, but he's from a Western end of it. And um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 100 percent there. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, that's what ultra running is anyway. Right. It's, it's yeah. this doorway to suffering and the suffering reveals who you are. Right. So that's mm -hmm. no different than stuff you've seen in martial arts or the marathon monks in mm -hmm. i think it was is it, is it tibet or japan something like that like the mm -hmm. zen monks that run a marathon a day um uh you know there's the same idea you're you're or or long meditation you get to the point where it's hard to keep going or almost impossible but it's in that that you find the the gems and you you, you can you can deepen your understanding of yourself yeah and self-mastery yeah seems to be at an all-time low well i mean is it a dying <laughs> yeah. like is this a dying philosophy is it um or is it just this time in history because you know you guys talk about um and david talks about the virus of dissatisfaction and and you right. know, kind of like how we're all faced with this ridiculous fomo um but in truth it's like how do you compete with that you know how do you you know how, how does how do how does a message like this really break through the end of the mind of a TikToker, you know, who's who's you know continually right. plugged plugged into an endless, uh, infinite stream of, you know, like just mindless entertainment. Uh, David would say that it's never been easier to be great because so many people are content in mediocrity, whether that's because they are um, clicking on their phones too much or whatever it may, may be too comfortable like the video games whatever it is they're not pushing themselves so it's if you decide to push yourself it's so much easier to be great um and so i think there's a certain amount of truth to that i do think that i mean he has a huge following right so the first book sold four and a half million this book is gonna sell you know and we don't know but it should sell over a million early on and then we'll see how it does but um so that's a lot of people that care right that's a lot of people that are trying to to you know, just get better, whatever that might mean for them. Because you wouldn't read this book out of just, I mean, you might as a voyeur, but I think the idea of these books is it's going to light a fire to do something. It's going to affect your life in some way, we hope. And so um, one concept in the books is is kind of about how leadership doesn't have to, you don't have to be the the boss to be a leader. And that I think is what we hope germinates. You know, you don't have to be the boss. You don't have to be the teacher. You don't have to be, I mean, you can be rank and file and and through your example, be a leader. And that example might be an example of humility or kindness or 
um, strength or whatever it might be, goodness, um, whatever that means to you. Uh, you know, that is, I think, the one of the main points of the book. And we're all examples anyway. So why not put some intentionality to it? You know, every every opportunity, every time you have an interaction is an opportunity to be the person you want to be, right? I mean, it, and often we fail. Like, you know, you snap at a at a robocaller or or you know what I mean? You 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 just lose it. And you, you don't always succeed in that leadership component, but then sometimes you do. And having spent all that time with David, I, I find myself, I find myself doing it more often than not, like seizing that moment to say something at the right time. Um, I try, you know, I don't, I don't get in the way. I don't put my nose in my, someone else's business, but if something comes up and, and, and you can be of service in that moment, the idea is to seize that. And, and so that's something that we talk about in the book or comes up in the book. And, uh, so hopefully that changes it. I think in regards to the pandemic that had a lot to do with this virus of dissatisfaction, right? There was the virus of COVID and there was a virus of dissatisfaction. It was already pre pre-COVID that was already happening, but I think COVID made it worse. And, mm. you know, we don't really dwell on the pandemic in Never Finish, but obviously it happened over the last four years. So it's in there and it's in there in a very, in a way that Goggins treated it, which is like, listen, the pandemic made it very clear that this is all very fragile, but I knew it was fragile already. Right. So mm -hmm. I was equipped to deal with it in a way that didn't, it didn't, I dealt with it but it didn't railroad my life in any significant way. But a lot of people, it did, it did, you know, he was lucky. There was no illness in his family and all of that. So there's fortune there too. But, uh, but a lot of people made kind of got their minds scrambled by it in a way that mm -hmm. wasn't necessary. And he took a very stoic approach was I'm going to do me. I'm not going to get involved in all the rest of it. I'm going to do me. I'm not going to make noise. Now we, you and I, we came up as activists. So that's like, you know, if we were, our younger selves when this is all happening, maybe we would have been in the streets too. <laughs> and now being as an older, like looking at it more from the samurai philosophy, I look at it and be like, no, you know, I don't know that, I don't know what changed in the streets, you know, whether you're fighting against mask protocols or you're fighting for them or if, or all the rest that happened. Um, ultimately, evolution is a personal experience. So mm -hmm. um, at least that's, that's kind of the, the point that gets, comes across in this book. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. And I thank you for all of your, um, candor and obviously for sharing the journey with us. And I'd love to have you back, obviously to talk about more stuff, but, um, this is a great way to wrap up, I think this, um, series because again, the latest by David Goggins and obviously it's writer Adam Skolnick never finished unshackle your mind and win the war within. We'll drop a link to that, your home base there. Um, and all the other resources that we have shared in this series, Adam is at adamskolnick.com. You can connect to all his socials, but yeah, I wanted to say before, just like when I saw the blurbs by Dwayne, the rock Johnson. Oh yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Joe Rogan. There's all these guys that are fans of David's. Um, and so I think at one point, uh, they offered to do something, but in the end, David just did the one promote one he promoted it on joe rogan's podcast he did one more sit down with joe and that's all he's done so far so just stuff on on his own channel on instagram you know obviously he's promoting it but no he didn't do any celebrity kind of stuff you know the rock approached him and asked if he could help in some way he'd heard about the book and um and so that's how that happened uh you know 
and and so but no david didn't ask it for anything beyond you know people coming to him and in the end didn't didn't do any collabs with celebrities uh because in some ways it's kind of the antithesis right i mean it's mm -hmm. great that that people appreciate his point of view but it's not why he does it and so it might it might have just twisted the message yeah yeah amazing um well it comes through the but i have a question for you oh yeah go ahead don't you have a spinoff podcast in the works <laughs> i do um tk but um i'll i'll be i'll let i'll let listeners know about that when when it's closer to ready to be tk tk, TK baby you gotta, you're gonna podcast. learn a whole new side of kelton reed <laughs> Yeah, and you may not like it, but that's okay. <laughs> you may not like it, but he'll <laughs> still be him, himself on the writer files. So, <laughs> thanks for that teaser. Um, all right, we got very little time here. We got about four minutes. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, again, uh, never finished. Unshackle your mind and win the war within. Goggins takes you inside his mental lab where he developed the philosophy, psychology, and strategies that enabled him to learn that what he thought was his limit was only his beginning and that the quest for greatness is unending. And in, and in truth, I mean, ha, I mean, he's been through so much adversity yeah. um, and done it with such grace. And uh, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's really an inspiring message. I think ultimately um, you come away, at least I do with just a kind of a, a hope for humanity. <laughs> you know what I like, think of it? Like, remember how <laughs> you and I were super into the Carlos Castaneda books? Uh-huh. Yeah. back in the day sure and it was like it because because it had you know those were fiction but they had a lot there was a message there for us almost that we took and 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 enlivened our lives and so when i was finishing this book i've thought about that too so you know i thought about the castaneda books i thought about sedaris and i thought about um you know i thought about all of that you know so it's interesting you wouldn't think that right writing this this type mm. writing a book mm -hmm. about someone like David that it would go there but that just shows me the kind of corner of literature he's carving out and he really is you know he's got these two books I don't believe he's done and obviously the title's never finished there probably will be more <laughs> and um and he's you know he's carved out something that's unique and 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 he's doing it independently published and this is just unheard of shit so yeah. um I'm I'm happy to be along for the ride yeah well congrats on your successes and Obviously, uh, huge kudos to David and the team. Um, and uh, yeah, a boot camp for your brain. I, you know, there's a part of me that thinks that there's a spiritual element to it that is that it will be, you know, I don't know that he'll he'll delve further into. And um, I start to get that sense that it's that his evolution obviously is a pretty important one. And and um, yeah, a truly remarkable human. I'll pass it along. <laughs> and you're a truly remarkable human <laughs> one, of my, one of my faves thank you right back at you Kelton Reed <laughs> thanks so much for joining us for this file and if you're a fan of the show simply head over to writerfiles.fm for more that's writerfiles.fm 